0: And so, God loves us. God loves us deeply and irrevocably in such a complete manner that we people struggle to understand. and We struggle to put the depth of that love into words. Scripture writers have tried to use many images or word pictures to try and describe the extent of that love. They describe God as a mother breastfeeding her baby. They describe God as a parent who carries a child in His arms. God is described as the all-forgiving Father. And in the Song of Songs, God is described as a lover. Today, the prophet Uzziah presents the love of God for us as an outright celebration of nuptials. God's relation to Israel and to us is an undying covenant of love and fidelity. You shall be called my delight, your land espoused. For the Lord delights in you and takes your land as his spouse. As a young man marries a virgin, your Creator shall marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices in his bride, so shall your God rejoice in you. Another word picture of love and passion and commitment and desire to be with us and at our side every moment of every day. God's desire and God's delight is to be one with us, to share in our life and our destiny through thick and thin. And His desire is to pour out His Spirit upon us, in every time and in every season, on all the saints gathered here and all of us sinners as well. It is that spirit, which St. Paul writes of in his letter today, that we have been given in Christ. And it is that spirit which unites us together, unites us in our worship, and in our common labors. So maybe, maybe it's more than just a coincidence that the first miraculous sign that Jesus does in John's Gospel occurs at a wedding in Cana. Not only does his presence there bless the covenant of marriage, He personally heightens that celebration. Prompted by his mother, who informs him that the wine has run out, Jesus promptly fills six huge jars with wine. And it's not just your bottom-of-the-shelf kind of wine. It is really good stuff as the steward says you know people usually reserve the good wine for the first and the bad wine last when people are too drunk to tell the difference but you've done something different you've actually saved the best for lost this was the first sign that jesus did which revealed his identity his glory we are told that his followers the disciples believed our God is a God of transformation a God who takes us flesh and blood creatures as his beloved spouse it is he who becomes our food and our drink and the gifts of bread and wine which we offer We have a God who takes our weak human flesh and refashions it into temples of His glory. We are His Ark of the Covenant, filled by the Spirit. Now, of course, Jesus is the greatest sign of love of all time. He, in His body... Is both true God and true man. In himself, he he marries together heaven and earth. He is the nuptials, the marriage of God and flesh. And he is the reason why, after that Christmas which we celebrate, the Spirit is given to us. And it's why God calls each one of us my spouse, my beloved, my joy, my flesh. If you remember anything from our liturgy today, remember this, that God loves you, that God delights in you. We are invited to believe this good news and to live it in our lives. The joy that we are speaking of, the joy spoken of in the scripture, mustn't be confused with a, a sense of satisfaction. It's not something that we might call happiness. Satisfaction and happiness are, I think, more fleeting emotions. They're almost our reaction to the things of the outer world. You win a hundred thousand rand at lotto, you're happy. But that happiness is limited, it will not last because you're going to spend that one hundred thousand and be back where you began. Joy is something which comes from within. Joy is something which is based on a love relationship with God. And that's why our joy is there, whether we're experiencing fantastic times or challenging times. Because our joy is dependent on our love of God and His presence in our life not from the good things that you might experience in the world. How then are we to live in that sense of pure joy, of God's utter delight in us? I think there are three ways in which we can do that. Firstly, we need to respond with the gift of our own joy, our own gratitude. When we experience this overpowering love of God, when we realize with joy how it is God loves us, we are changed. When we recognize and when we accept that God loves us, we are changed. We are more able to let in the love of others. We are also more able to let our own love for others break through this hard shell that we tend to build up around our hearts. And then we become more attractive witnesses. Ask yourself, who is the family member that you avoided this Christmas? Who's the family member that you were drawn to? Most of you probably avoided the old aunt or uncle who only saw the terrible things in the world and wanted to make you feel bad as well. The people that we were drawn to were those who had something joyful to share, who could see the good and the most smallest and inconsequential thing. When we realize the, extent, the, the depth of God's love for us, When our response to the joy of God in us is also a gift of joy, we are transformed and we become more attractive people, more attractive witnesses of God's good news. The second thing that we can do to live in this joy of our God is to create communities Create communities which speak of that delight, that hospitality, that welcome, which is part of who God is. When our communities are characterized by love and by joy and by gratitude, we will be experienced as communities of welcome, we who are members of this body, this family, we will feel more at home, less like the maybe unwelcome visitor. When our communities are expressions of that joy and that love, we ourselves feel more at home. Those who are visiting us will want something of what we have got. Joy is contagious, even more contagious than COVID. If we allow this joy, the joy that we are given as gift from God to well up within us so that we can share that joy, we transform not simply ourselves, but our community. The last thing that I think we can do to communicate this joy of God in us and our joy in God is by celebrating liturgies that raise our hearts and our minds rejoicing to God. Here in our church, we need church liturgies that are actually feeding us with the Word of God, where we are uplifted by the quality of our music and our celebration. We are invited to participate with hands and voices and bodies and with all that we are, not simply to sit passively and allow music to wash over us, We need to enter into our liturgy to participate in it, body and soul. Our liturgies are one of the primary ways in which we can communicate our joy to others. That's the good news of today, that God loves us, that God delights in each one of us. Believe it, live it, and then others may come to believe it too.